Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Management Minute Home Team Podcast, the podcast for those outcasts working at home during this global pandemic. This podcast is a service of the MBA program in the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University. Our goal is to make working at home work for you. My name is Scott Hammond. I'm a professor of management, a consultant, and an author. This is the first in a series of five podcasts on joblessness. Yes, this might be your joblessness. In the first podcast, we're going to discuss the psychological issues of job loss. In the second, we'll look at the first steps you take, the opportunity presented to you for change. In the third podcast, we'll discuss the job search strategy. Do you hire for a job, for a company, for an industry? And in the fourth and the fifth podcast, we'll discuss resumes, search strategy, and interviewing, the really practical things about finding a job. If you've lost your job during the global pandemic, these podcasts are for you, and I hope they help. But even if you haven't lost your job during this pandemic, you know somebody who has in your family, among your friends, a child, a spouse, and I hope these podcasts will help them so you can refer them to these podcasts. That way they'll get mad at you instead of me when they hear some of the hard things to say. You see, I've been I've been fired before. I've been fired actually five times in my career in one way or another, in a soft way or a hard way, but the hardest way was the first time. I, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Sorry for the cliche, but it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was a job I didn't even want. I was a freshman in college. I was working as a night clerk three nights a week, overnight from 11 to 7 in the morning at a little hotel in downtown Salt Lake City. I did not want that job. It was interfering with my school. It was interfering with my social life. It was a lousy job. It didn't pay well. And I got fired. And it still hurt. And the person who fired me hired his nephew. And it still hurt. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Losing a job not only means the loss of income and benefit, it means the loss of your identity, who you are, particularly if you are a male. It hurts really deeply. Now, women have job-related identities as well, but all of the statistics and psychology show that men are more bonded with their job when it comes to their identity. So it hits at the core of who you are as a provider, as someone who protects and provides, it hits at that primeval instinct of yours to provide for your family and for yourself and to be independent. And it also hits at the core of your place in society. Whether you're male or female, it hurts a lot. Job loss for people in the United States, a country where many people's work and self-worth are interchangeable, can be a traumatic experience and often lead to depression and despair. And there's some really good statistics about that that are really bad. According to a recent Gallup poll, the depression rate for the unemployed is twice, twice what it is for the working population. 
that may mean that depressed people are more likely to be terminated. So it's more likely that you might be the target of a layoff if you are depressed. But you know what? It surely means that depression is caused by unemployment, that unemployed people get depressed. Because the longer that they are unemployed, the more likely they are to be depressed. In the United States, the Gallup poll also found that one out of five Americans without a job for more than a year is depressed. They report ongoing treatment for depression. This is roughly the double the rate of depression amongst those who have been without a job for fewer than five weeks. So the longer you're unemployed, the more likely it is that you'll be depressed. It will hurt. According to the research reported in the Journal of Vocational Behavior, unemployed people are twice as likely as employed people to suffer from psychological problems. And guess what? Blue-collar workers have it the worst. They are more depressed by unemployment than those who've lost a white-collar job. Additionally, middle-aged men, especially those who are unemployed, experience the highest levels of psychological distress. In some cases, psychological distress of joblessness leads to suicide. According to a 2012 study, a report by the Samaritans, it's a suicide prevention group, the suicide rate for middle-aged men is higher than any other demographic group. The risk of suicide also increases amongst the lower socioeconomic status, according to this report. The suicide rate among men of lower socioeconomic status was reported to be 10 times higher than affluent men. So it's a hard thing to be unemployed, and if it lasts for a long time, it's even harder. What do you do? When you're expecting to go to work one day, you get up in the morning, you go to work, you've got plans in your mind to do to service your clients to work in the way that you normally work, and then you walk out the door that afternoon with a box of your personal belongings. What do you do? Well, the first thing you do is you tell people. You tell people. You announce it. You don't hold on to it. You don't keep it a secret. Telling people is hard, but you have to do it. Because it's how you rally your support network. It's how you get them involved in helping you. And you have to, the first thing you have to do is get help. You have to get other people helping you. And sometimes that's help and that's a hug, that's sympathy, that's kindness, that's kind words. And sometimes it's very material kinds of work. But you have to reach out and tell people. The second thing you have to do is maintain your identity. Hang on to who you are. You may have lost your job, but they did not take your identity. They did not fire you from who you are. So maintain your identity. If you're a writer, keep writing. If you're a programmer, keep programming somehow. Find something to to program. If you're a professional athlete, keep working out, right? Keep yourself game ready. But this is also an opportunity for you to change your identity, to change who you are. And that's what we're going to talk about in the second podcast in this series. The third thing I'd recommend is to cry. Uh, Release your emotions. They might be anger. They might be whatever they are, but release them. Go through them uh, boldly. You have to do that. You have to write it and then let go of them and forgive. So write it out. Let go of them and forgive. Don't carry around the toxic waste of bitterness with you. Don't turn that toxic waste on yourself. Unemployment is hard on you, but it can also be hard on your family on your wife or your 
husband, on your partner, on your children, on any marriage. So don't carry that around with you. Let go of it. Forgive. The only time I've ever seen my own father cry was related to a job issue and a financial issue. It was related to, late in his career, not being able to work. It was hard to see that. Some of the hardest things, some of the hardest people I see, the most difficult people I see, are that 40-year-old man or that 40-year-old woman without a job. There's a line from a movie that I really like. Some of you have seen it called The Shawshank Redemption. Get busy living or get busy dying. Brooks said it. Everyone says it in the movie. Get busy living or get busy dying. So jump into something. Get busy doing something and stay busy. And that may be looking for another job, but get busy doing something and staying busy. Don't sleep in. Don't sleep on. Don't get lazy. Stay busy. And then when you're ready, ask those deeper and harder questions. Now, another time I got fired, I was a news reporter. Uh, They cut me back to part-time, but it felt like I was being fired. And I just thought, this is the end of things. And it gave me a chance to look into getting a master's degree. And so I worked Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, worked 12-hour days, made almost as much as what I had uh, been making as a full-time person, but I was able to go to school in a master's program. Then I went on to consulting, and I went into a consulting job, but that didn't work out for me. I wasn't very good at it at the time, wasn't very experienced, and uh, the consulting firm I was working for said, it's not going to work out here. You might want to look for something else. They gave me about six months, and I found a Ph.D. program, and I worked on a Ph.D. for a while, and that was the gift for me because that allowed me to have 30 years of teaching, something that I'll talk about in a few minutes, but something I love. If you're close to somebody who's unemployed, you can help. In fact, you have to help. I have to help. I am always working with somebody who's unemployed. I'm always counseling or coaching or helping somebody get a job. It's just something that I do a lot of. The first thing you have to do is grant them your time and their dignity. Help them realize how valuable they are and how good they are and give them time, free time, talk to them, lunch, things like that. Second thing is connect them with your network unashamedly. Call somebody up and say, come have lunch with us. My friend is looking for a job and he needs your advice. Third thing is don't pester them with questions about, did you do this or did you do that? Did you apply for that job? Do you have a job yet? You know, don't pester them with those kind of annoying questions. Just assume that they're responsible adults and they're going to tell you when they succeed. Ask how you can help is the fourth thing. And then deliver. One of the people that I was working with a few weeks ago, actually, uh, talked to him, took him to lunch, had been taking him to lunch, talking to him every week on the phone. And finally, I asked how I could help. I said, I don't think I'm helping you much. How can I help? And he said, I'd like to buy you lunch. He said, I'd like to recover my dignity and buy you lunch. And that, so I let him buy me lunch, and it, was, it felt really good. Fifth thing is help them find contract work. You know, if they can do something professionally and help that, that you can pay them for a day or pay them for a week or pay them for two weeks, uh, that gives them something to put on their resume that keeps them professionally active. Help them find that. Sometimes that's a lot easier than helping them find a big career job. The sixth thing is be a cheerleader, you know, help them build their confidence. 
especially when it's time to do an interview, when they're going into a difficult interview, give them confidence, give them um, happy feedback. The seventh thing is give them honest feedback. You know, you have to help them be realistic about who they are and what they're capable of, what kinds of jobs that they might get. And they might be hiding from some hard questions. And I find it important uh, that a good friend, a trusted friend, can ask those hard questions at the right time and say, you know, is that the job you really want to take? A lot of people think, I'll be employed when things get back to normal, but normal may not happen. The new normal may not happen. And that's when it's going to be the subject of our next podcast. We're going to talk about asking the deeper, the harder questions. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Each of our podcasts is designed to help support you with your work at home and with getting through this global pandemic. We'd love to hear from you. And particularly if you're looking for a job, I'd love to hear from you. What's working for you and what's not, where you might need some help. I'm glad to talk to you. So you can send me an email at scott.hammond at usu.edu. That's scott.hammond at usu.edu. This podcast is a service of the MBA program in the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University. In a changing business world, one investment that's sure to pay off and pay off big is education. Keep learning. Keep growing. Consider an online MBA at the Huntsman School. I love teaching there. It's something I do with passion, and I'm very lucky to be able to do that. You can work at home, and you can grow anywhere. I'm Scott Hammond. Hope to see you in one of our classes.